How's everybody doing this morning? Good. I'm doing well. My throat's a little scratchy. I had a cough all day yesterday, and I was like, of course, it would happen now. But <laughs> uh, I'm going to get my comments off. Get my notes that I don't even know. Hopefully, I won't be distracted by them. Um, but this morning, I'm going to... Uh, talk on a subject. It's a simple subject. Uh, so the subject of prayer. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things I don't want to use the term taking advantage of, but I think a lot of times we can take our prayer life taken for granted because um, it's so common, and I think oftentimes we can overlook and just do it out of routine. Um, you know, but prayer is a, it's a powerful act, you know, and it helps make uh, Christians both uh, a thing of, you know, Christianity, a thing for joyful, and also, you know, a force to be reckoned with, you know, because prayer is a powerful thing, you know, we all heard that term, prayer changes things, well, that's a reality, prayer does, in fact, change things, um, we'll be in Romans, if you want to just put your book to Romans, I'm going to kind of open with a little introduction here, um, so, I, you know, Acts 2.42 reads, just speaking of the early church, it says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and the prayers. You know, prayers is, is, was always common pattern throughout the book of Acts. You know, you go read the book of Acts, every chapter you're going to see where at least once or twice they were in prayer. Um, you know, and you know, as Christians, you know, we have a uh, tremendous blessing, you know, because of our union with uh, Jesus Christ. You know, and one of these, uh, the great keys to unlocking these blessings, I believe, is the act of prayer. In the New Testament, you know, we are constantly encouraged uh, to pray. You know, one example is First Thessalonians 5.17. You know, I'm sure we all know that one. Pray without ceasing. And we are to pray about everything. You know, uh, like uh, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, for example. It tells us, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Look at that. Those are two powerful verses there when in de uh, describing prayer. You know, there's three uh, sentences in that prayer that kind of stands out to me. Um, you know, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. All right. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And listen to this. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, what a wonderful blessing that is for us. You know, um, but, you know, how often do we truly spend regular time in prayer, sincere time in prayer, you know, intentional time in prayer? You know, are we persistent with our prayer life? You know, because here in, the, in these verses, just in uh, Philippians 4 that I read, you know, it says the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds, you know, that's that inner calmness and peace that, you know, just being in God's uh, presence, you know, feeling God's goodness, his wisdom, power, sovereignty, you know, that's promised to all of us when we pray, you know, and that's part of what, uh, <clears throat> what the author of Philippians or Philippians was, was talking about when it says the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, no matter what we're going through, if we go in prayer, that inner calmness and peace that God can give is going to fill us as we draw uh, into him. You know, uh, do you think uh, God is ever uh, worried or anxious? No. 
No. And so his peace will guard and protect our own hearts from our own fears or anxieties. You know, as we wait for him for our answered prayers. You know, Jeremiah 29 and James 4 are two places that I know of in Scripture that it mentions that if we draw near to God, he's going to draw near to us. And that's a wonderful blessing that we have. So when we seek God in prayer, when we spend time alone with God, guess what? He's going to be there with us. We're promised that. In just those two chapters there, 29, uh, Jeremiah 29 and uh, James chapter 4, you know, we're seeking him, we're going to find him. You know, he ain't going to run from us. He ain't going to hide from us. You know, and <clears throat> I remember, too, you know, I, I flew down to Texas before my dad's procedure, you know, and um, how he would take a phone call or someone visiting would just be like, hey, man, how you doing? How you holding up? And he'd say, hey, I'm fine, you know. And, and he always gave, he gave the testimony. I think every person that asked him that, and he said something along the lines of, I guess all I can say is just the prayers that are going up, you know, that I'm comfortable. Because my dad, if you know him, he's, well, I'm kind of just like him, I guess. You know, we get worked up real easy. You know, we're all on the edges a lot. You know, it don't take much to get us going and get us all wired up and, you know, going. But uh, he was, he was calm that whole time all the way up until before he went back for uh, procedure, you know, and as he testified, you know, that it had to be because of the prayers, you know, and, and uh, right there in Philippians 4, those two verses that we read, you know, we're promised that, you know, uh, that God's peace will protect our hearts and minds, you know, and part of that is just being able just to breathe, you know, and just to relax and not be so anxious and so worried and just overworked up about these little things, Um you know, but go to God in prayer, and he'll help us through that. It don't matter what the situation is, how, how uh, small or great it is. God will be there with you. He'll protect you from that. He'll, he'll protect you from that uh, anxious, you know, spirit coming about you. You know, he'll protect you from just being so worked up and so bothered where it just consumes you. <clears throat> you know, we're often told that uh, Christ spent time in prayer. You know, throughout the Gospels, you know, we'll see that as a common pattern in Christ's life. Uh, for one example, Mark one thirty five. You know, it, it reads, and rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. That's a pretty straightforward uh, verse about how, you know, Jesus himself went out to pray, you know, early in the morning while it was still dark. Before the distractions of the day could come and he would get so busy, he, he made time and a purpose to dedicate that time to his father, you know, and so, and we should do that too, you know, before we get so busy and so distracted, um, and even in Luke, Five uh, sixteen tells us, but he would withdraw to desolate places and pray, you know. And what's interesting about that verse, if you go read the context of that, the verse just before that, uh, verse fifteen, it was uh, talking about how reports were going around and crowds were gathering to be uh, come and be healed, you know. And there were multitudes gathering, but yet Christ still made it a purpose to get out, withdraw himself, and go and pray, um, you know. And if uh, if Christ made it such a priority to get out and pray, I think prayer should be a priority in our lives as well. Luke uh, 6.12, before choosing the 12 apostles, you know, we read, in these days he went out to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. You know, because that was a big decision. He was to choose the 12 apostles that he was the mentor to carry on the torch after he departed. You know, and if um, we see where if he needed time to reflect and pray, how much more so do we need time to reflect and pray about the decisions that we are to make? You know, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, and we need to pray for ourselves, you know, for our faith, you know, the love and hope, strength to be strong. We need to pray for courage. Pray, uh, prayer should be made uh, for our fellow believers, you know, our wives, our husbands, our children, our parents, brothers and sisters. You know, Scripture encourages us uh, time and time again to pray for one another. 
Part of that, we're even encouraged to pray for our uh, government and for all those in authority. And we can pray about the small things, the great things, the daily needs. We can pray for deliverance uh, from temptation. And we can also uh, pray just to simply listen. You know, we can pray uh, for outreach of God's word. We can pray to know God better and to love him more deeply and enjoy him and glorify him. You know, we should uh, pray to confess our sins and help to forgive others. We can pray for spiritual fruit in our lives. You know, prayers can be made uh, to overcome evil with good, you know, by following God. You know, and prayers can be uh, made for much more things than what I've listed here. I'm kind of just covering a broad topic of prayer without diving deep into any specific point of it. Um, you know, I'm also reminded of the prayer in Daniel, Daniel 9, wherever Daniel confesses the sin of Israel. Um, you know, and of course, in the New Testament, you know, we got the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, whenever he was uh, is an example for us as, you know, when he was asked, hey, how should we pray? He kind of gave him an example there. Um, but where I want to go this morning, I want to go to some of the, the prayers of the Apostle Paul. Um, you know, according to, uh, which I got a study Bible at the house. It's a REV study Bible. It's put out by Spirit and Truth uh, Fellowship. But um, according to them, you know, there's 43 prayers recorded of Paul's that are in Scripture. Um, you know, and... So I'm going to take a look at some of those. So the first place we're going to be in is Romans chapter 1. Let me get a drink real quick. Sorry, my throat. All right, so Romans chapter 1, and I'm going to read uh, verses 7, uh, 7 through 12 here. It says, To all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. For God is my witness, whom I serve in my spirit, in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow, by God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you, that is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. So look at there. Paul desired God's people to have grace and peace. You know, while this is a simple greeting here, it was uh, Paul's way to express his desire for grace and peace to be among the believers in Rome. You know, and I believe God still desires this to uh, be among Christians today. You know, uh, just as the original audience there that Paul was writing this letter to. It is a desire to have God's blessing and sufficiency and goodness in their lives, resulting in peace and wholeness and well-being. You know, if, I believe if we only uh, prayed for this, you know, I think uh, not just for ourselves, but even our church, I think we'd tap into a well so deep that there wouldn't be no end to all the blessings that would come out of it. You know, in verse 8 here that we read, uh, Paul takes a shift, um, you know, from into Paul's prayer, at least an attitude behind his prayer. And in verse 9 and 10, uh, he states that, Without ceasing, he mentions them in his prayers. You know, we see something here, too. You know, that our prayers are not just spouting commands or demands at God for selfish demands, but rather that ultimately that God's will be done. Because notice, Paul said, asking that somehow by God's will. You know, when praying, we should pray God's will be revealed to us so that we can, by our prayer, you know, help bring about the will of God, you know. You know, whenever we pray uh, for God's will, you know, it helps us to align our own hearts with God's will. 
You know, also in this prayer, thanks was given to God for the faithfulness and fruitfulness in the work of the believers. You know, our faith, you know, it might not be felt, you know, around the world, you know, but guess what? All of our lives matter. You know, all of us have a purpose, you know, and all of us have a, a torch, if you could say, to carry on um, God's will. And through your obedience, you know, God can radically use you where you're at to expand his kingdom. You know, uh, my Sunday school class probably hears this too much, but, um, you know, the people that, you know, Pastor Kyle brushes shoulders with, you know, that John and Mark and myself and you, we all brush shoulders with different people in this life. You know people that I'll never even know their name. I'll never know they existed. But God can radically use you to impact those around you. You know, and I think that's something we should be in prayer about. You know, pray for fruitfulness, you know, uh, in our own lives, you know, and see where God can use you. Um, you know, I mean, because God can use every single one of us, you know. And if we would just pray to be uh, faithful and fruitful, kind of like the attitude here in, in Paul's prayer as he's praying for the Romans, you know, for their faithfulness and their fruitfulness, you know, if we would pray to be faithful and fruitful, you know, where could God use us, both individually and even as a uh, local congregation here at North Hills? Romans 10.1 is the next place I'll go to. I'm just going to read one verse here. It's short and sweet. Romans 10.1. Brothers, my heart desire and prayer to God for them is that they might be saved. So contextually here, just before this, where chapter 9 ended, he was talking about Israel's unbelief. You know, the, the Jewish, you know, how their unbelief in uh, believing that Christ was the Messiah. And we see here an attitude of Paul, uh, Paul's prayers that his heart desire and prayer was that they might be saved. You know, so this is a simple prayer, but it has profound possibilities. You know, do we pray uh, for the salvation of people, you know, for friends, for family, you know, for coworkers? You know, when's the last time we prayed for someone's salvation, that they might receive Christ, you know? And our prayers on, on this matter um, in a couple different ways. One, it helps our hearts to be sensitive to those moments when we can witness to those individuals we're praying for, just as it helps their hearts to receive Christ, you know, receive the gospel, you know? And, and it's something so important that, you know, it, I mean, it's simple right here. It's one sentence prayer. But again, it does two things. It aligns our hearts where we, uh, look, we're sensitive to the Spirit whenever God can use us to witness to those people, and it helps their hearts to be sensitive to receive it when they come. So that's, a, that's another example of how prayer can be used. Um, I wrote here, too, we can pray for everything in life, and we should. You know, 1 Peter 5, 7 says that we should cast our care upon God, for He cares for us. You know, quoting it, it actually reads, casting all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. You know, all your worries, stresses, and cares, whatever has your thoughts, lean on God uh, for that peace and wisdom to come to you, you know, to help you. It is sometimes where without his peace and wisdom, we would be totally confused in ourselves and our faith. But because we have his peace, we have his wisdom with us, that we're steadfast, you know. Sorry. And I like how that says casting all your anxieties. And the word anxieties there can actually be translated as cares. But basically, whatever has your mind captivating, you know, it doesn't always have to be negative things that we go to pray to God about. Because part of prayer is worship. We can worship God in our prayers, you know. Um, this is something else I say common, which I know my Sunday school class has heard, you know. 
Only, only talk negative things with your spouse and see what happens. You know, or the one that's closest to you. Only go to them about all the negative and nasty things. What's going to happen? See how long they put up with that. See how long they, they care to continue listening to that. It won't happen very long. You know, and, and I think oftentimes, you know, um, we can get stuck in a rut to where that's the only time we do talk to God is whenever it is about those negative things, when it is that we need help with something, you know. But when's the last time we went to God in prayer just simply to listen, to worship him, you know, to listen? Because that's what prayer is. Prayer is communication, you know, and it's a, another great blessing that we have in Christ uh, regarding prayer is we can go directly to the Father. We can go directly to his presence. We don't have to go to a temple. We don't have to go and make 24 burnt offerings or sacrifice 100 goats or sheep or you know, whatever. We don't have to go through that whole process now. We can go directly to the Father in his presence, you know, and that is another wonderful blessing that we have in Christ, you know, and I, and I think that's something that, again, we can often overlook when it comes to our prayer life, you know. We can just kind of overlook, really, I guess you could say, how easy we have it, you know, about being able to go directly to God, you know, and I think a lot of times, you know, we, it's like some people only try to use God as like a genie in a bottle, you know, you come just to, hey, grant my command today and do this for me. Well, when's the last time you actually got on your knees and you worshiped in your prayers? When's the last time you actually focused on God and his will? You know, you truly listened for a response instead of just spouting off your worry and then getting up and going about the day. And then the next thing uh, when talking about prayer that, you know, I think we need to address is uh, we all know we should pray in Jesus' name. Now, one quick example of this is John 14, 13, and 14. This is Christ himself saying, Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. You know, so this, this subject here, praying in Christ's name, that could be a whole six-week study in itself, but I'm going to just keep it short and basic. So what does it mean to pray in Jesus' name? Well, praying in the name of Jesus is adding more than just saying in Jesus' name at the end of a prayer as some sort of, you know, little uh, magical words they use there. First, it means uh, to ask for his intervention, you know. He is our high priest. You know, he gives us access to God. When we pray in the name of Christ, we're not only asking but trusting that our prayers uh, be answered because of his merit and his value before God. All the blessings we have is, is because of the man Christ, or Jesus. And it means that we uh, ask not of ourselves, but we ask on the authority of Christ. And having God respond due to the faithfulness of his only begotten, you know, his appointed Messiah. <clears throat> and it's praying in the attitude of uh, Jesus for not our will, but the will of God. It is praying for an attitude that God be given the glory for the coming answered prayer. You know, we want our prayers answered because it brings God glory. You know, uh, I mean, when's the last time that you had an answered prayer that you thanked God, that you truly sat back and thanked God? You know, I think it's one of those things that we can just so easily take for granted all the answered prayers that we have. You know, and this the whole purpose of this uh, message this morning is just to cover the topic of prayer and just broadly stroke all the topics of it and just reflect back on it and, you know, basically how we can strengthen our own prayer life, myself included. You know, and then uh, another place in uh, Scripture is uh, Hebrews 11. You know, we all know that it's often uh, quoted as being the faith chapter. You know, where it lists many heroes of our faith, you know, uh, detailing their faith uh, and how they accomplish great things. And in Hebrews 11, verse 6, you know, it tells us that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You know, uh, 
Hebrews 11.6 actually reads, And without faith it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Look at that. Prayer is seeking God, you know, seeking that, own, <clears throat> that open communication. You know, our words, is, uh, our words being uh, relayed, but guess what? It also takes us listening to God, listening to the voice of God. You know, when's the last time have we truly um, listened for God to answer our prayer? You know, so routinely, we're, we got all these routines of going straight to God that when's the last time we actually sat back and listened? Listened for his voice. Listened what he wanted us to do. We constantly pray, God, what do you want me to do today? Have we listened? Have we truly sat back and reflected? Next place in uh, scripture I'll turn to is uh, Romans 15. Romans chapter 15. Just one verse here. 15 and 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Look at that. This is what we have as Christians. We are filled with joy, filled with peace, filled with power, abiding in a hope that only can be known by having a personal relationship with God. You know, it's such a relationship uh, that we're filled with his own Holy Spirit. You know, this is more than knowing of God, but it's truly knowing God, having that deep and personal relationship to such a point, you know, and that we can call God Father. You know, that's a wonderful gift alone in itself that we have in Christ, you know. We can truly call the creator of the universe Father. Getting ready to close it up here, but um, I guess before I close, all I got to say is let's all uh, today put a sharper focus and intent in our prayers with God. You know, as we go through days, let us talk with Him. You know, let us seek Him. You know, because we're promised that He will meet us there as we do. You know, let's stay in communication with God. You know, allowing Him to speak and guide us. You know, uh, Part of uh, being guided by God, you know, we all want to be used by God. We all want to follow God's will. But when's the last time we actually focused on being led by him? You know, have we become so distracted once we get started on our busy day, we never think about God until we hit our pillow to just say our routine prayer goodnight? You know, have we truly focused on God and done what he's wanted us to do that day? You know, because part of prayer, that prayer is simple communication between you and the creator. Between you and God. That's what prayer is. Summing it up simple. It's communication between us and God. Have we truly focused on our prayers? Have we stayed in communion? You know, uh, uh, like, you know, it says, uh, how many times in the Bible is it mentioned how, you know, the early church, you know, they were constantly in prayer. Well, what is constantly in prayer? Well, it doesn't always 100% mean we have to be down in a certain posture 24 hours a day to be constant in prayer. No, constant in prayer is keeping your communion with the Father. Staying in touch with him, you know, listening to him, you know, communing with him throughout the day. That's what it means to be constantly in prayer. Don't let that communication be distracted or broken. You know, and in our society, that's an easy thing to do because it seems like we're just so busy nowadays. You know, we're just constantly running. You know, we got phone apps going off and dinging, telling us notifications. We got, you know, Domino's texting us three times a week, telling us, hey, there's another deal going on. <laughs> you know, we're just so distracted, you know. Um, but with all these distractions, you know, we see where Christ, you know, he often got alone, shut the world out and prayed. And, uh, you know, when's the last time we've prayed that way? 
You know, when's the last time that we truly just shut off distractions, got alone with God, and just sought him? You know, we felt that peace. We felt his comfort. We felt his strength. We felt his power. When's the last time? So when we pray, let's truly focus on our wonderful Father in heaven. Not with just simple lip service or posture or half-hearted words out of routine, but instead with sincerity of heart, you know, soberly considering his majestic majesty, you know, recognizing that the God of the universe hears our voice and we too can hear him speak to us individually. You know, not only so, but he passionately loves us individually. You know, and, and what a truly wonderful, awestruck reality that is to sit back and think on. But the creator of the universe loves us passionately. Let our prayers uh, be confident. Let our prayers be intentional. Let our prayers be with purpose, you know, for God hears us. You know, the God of Isaac, you know, the God of Abraham and Jacob, you know, the, the God who parted the Red Seas, who shut the mouths of lions, the same God who said, let there be light. This is the God we talk to. This is the God that we call Father. And I think whenever we soberly consider that, I, I think it will change our prayer life. So how many times do we ask God, help me to do, be better. Help me to focus on you. you know, help me not to sin. You know, give me strength to overcome this. Well, part of that strength uh, to be obedient comes as a direct result of prayer, you know, of spending time with God, you know, letting his character influence you, letting his uh, wisdom be granted to you, you know, letting his strength become your strength, letting that peace become your peace. So that as you do go through all these things in life, you're going to be rooted and grounded in his word and in him. Why? Because you are in communion with him. That was a pretty short message. <laughs> it's a simple message, but I believe it's so important for, for our, our daily lives, you know, and in our service to God is our prayer life. You know, it's something that I think can so easily be taken for granted and just overlooked in our walk. You know, um, we focus on all the many other aspects of following God, but when's the last time where we put focus into our prayers? Do we talk with God often? Or is it only the times that we need something? Is it the only time when we need help? Do we go to God in prayer saying, Lord, what do you need me to do today? I don't need nothing today, but what do you need me to do? When's the last time we went to prayer thanking God for the blessings that we do have? To every one of us in this room, I guarantee you we could write out a whole list of blessings that God's done for us just in the last month and not even the last number of years. When's the last time we truly sat back and reflected on those and gave God thanks? You know, part of thanking God is worshiping God. So the whole purpose this morning's lesson was just to encourage us as as we you know go through life you know encourage us in our prayer life and our prayer relationship with God you know truly commune with him you know and I know I, I kind of skimmed over a, a lot of verses here um, <clears throat> but prayer is one of those topics that you know you could dedicate probably a whole 12-month series just for prayer alone you know and I and I tried to make a broad stroke of different topics without diving deep into each one so I'll close with these words, just let's get serious about our prayer life, you know. Let's get equipped 
during that prayer time to take on what this world is going to throw at us. Not just temptations, but just take on those opportunities that God has uh, crossed our paths to where we can witness for him, we can be fruit for him. Be equipped, you know, let your prayer life equip you for whatever God is calling you to do to do it. Not just overcoming temptation, but helping one another, you know. I'm going to end with that. Again, if someone's talking, worship team can come back up. <clears throat> Let's get serious because I think oftentimes, you know, we can. Just be stuck in a routine prayer to where, hey, we wake up every morning, we say this same prayer every night, we say this prayer, you know, whatever. But then it's when we go to God where we try to make our prayers intentional. But we see time and time again, Christ got alone with the Father. So let's make it intentional to, for us individually to spend time with our God. That's all I got.